the scripture says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. We testify that through observing the Lord's table. But also we can testify by just expressing to the Lord um, what he's been doing in our lives. So I'd like to just give you an opportunity to say anything you feel led to say. I'm going to get this microphone. It's a little bit easier to be heard. Don't worry, you don't have to sing a solo or anything. <laughs> uh, Brother Robert, you come to start us off. If you would be willing to just say anything about this week, what the Lord's been teaching you, um, and also how you anticipate God's leading in your life to use what you're learning, that would be wonderful. We'd appreciate that. Just what, what God's been showing you, and that you can request or anticipate the ministry in the future. Brother Robert. journey these last few months, because last Christmas I was actually headed home back to England. I was running away from all my problems, not just my plans. And um, the Lord had me read Hamlet to Happiness, starting in the airport in Ukraine. And seeing those diagrams, the line diagram just arrested me. Just, what is this? So I asked my pastor, and my pastor had been um, Dr. Solomon, 35 years ago, I practiced before I got on the plane. So when I got to England, I signed those books. I usually speed read. And I wrote notes, lots of notes. And on Christmas, I found it amongst the living room and strained my life because I identified with Christ and I finally understood that death, burial, resurrection, ascension. And my life's transformed. I came back. I wanted to restore the broken family. And I was doing all kinds of things. Immediately, the pastor said, Would you teach this class? Back at Belmont. And then we went into a prayer session with uh, the Lord. And then it was Wednesday evening services. So the Lord's using all kinds of opportunities. To make this real, and it's so exciting in my life just to see the transformation from a depressive, suicidal person into someone that just wants to be used every single day. So it's just been a blessing to be with you all, and a blessing to be under your teaching. Thank you so much for making it available. And um, I'm just excited about going back and seeing what the Lord has. There's individual revivals going on. I've seen people saved. I've seen marriages come back together. It's just exciting. If you don't mind going in order, that would be nice. If you want to pass, that's okay. Luke, would you like to say a word about your journey? I had supper with Rob and Luke was it yesterday. The place the days went together. It's such a joy to hear about the spiritual journey. So, um, I guess I really started going to the downward spiral when I went to college. I was in church, but in college I really drifted from God and went through a lot of different things, and I felt um, uh, really depressed finally at one point. I kept trying to make myself better for years and years and nothing changing. And, um, 
Um, you know, I really wanted to, to get rid of myself, but um, I have these nieces and nephews that love me to death. So I was like, you know, if I did that, they would be so hurt. And so, um, just uh, so I finally went home, and there's a pastor because I didn't know that I didn't know anything about Grace Fellowship. It turns out he had been here before, and he, um, I met him and asked him if he would disciple me. And I remember one of the first things that he told me was that. Um, you know, he asked me what eternal life was, and I said, going to heaven. And he said, well, you know, God is eternal, so eternal life must be his life. And I didn't understand that. Um, he explained, you know, God is eternal. You know, if you're eternal, how could you ever grow impatient? You know, or how could you ever be in a hurry? He's like, no, so if you're never in a hurry, how could you be impatient? And if you never grow impatient, have limitless patience. How could you ever grow angry against somebody for messing up over and over and over again? And for the first time, I realized that God, God accepted me based on Christ. But I was sitting up there as arms crossed, really upset with me because you know I couldn't get my act together after everything He did for me. And just that sense of you know I'm finally good enough, you know, not just for someone else, but for God. Because um, up to that point, I thought that God can accept me, and I have no reason to accept myself. And then, that point, I realized that I, I can accept myself as Christ does. And then, it's been a, a kind of an up and down as I've been learning to walk in these things. It's, you know, a lot of habits and thoughts that are ingrained since I was young, but it has been such a joy and a relief this past week. It's, I tend to fall into the habit of, you know, all right, I've got to keep myself in line. And, you know, am, am I yielding enough? Am I surrendering enough? Am I trusting enough? And it's not about, you know, my surrender and faith and trust doesn't save me. Christ saves me. Mm-hmm. It's just surrender and trust just links me to him. And so that's been a big um, refreshment this week. And, I'm excited to go back to school because I'm noticing college. My story is probably a very difficult story. That there's so much hurt and so much need that I mean, people are just hungry and thirsty for this. And I mean, I'm seeing, I can't get on the library because of the search for acceptance. So, thank y'all so much for what y'all do, <laughs> what y'all have done. So. Thanks, Sheryl. Thanks, Sheryl. Thanks, Sheryl. Thanks, Sheryl. Thanks, Sheryl.
gente, ¿verdad? Being with somebody that I didn't want to be. You know what I mean? I did not like. Who would come out when I was stressed? And I didn't, although I had read Hands Went to Happiness about 30 years ago or so, it's one of those books you know you read and sit on the shelf sometimes, you know. <laughs> but it didn't really sink in. And I studied Romans in Bible college, and I knew about reckoning by God. I, I reckoned so hard trying to make myself die. And of course, it wouldn't work. So eventually, things just kind of got pinched and pinched and pinched. And I just kept going down and down. And finally, I was. I didn't have any of this training, any of this information. And the only thing I needed to do was to give up. And that's pretty scary to do when you're a Christian to just sit in there. I can't do this no more. And I quit trying. You know, I, I call it, I committed spiritual suicide. You know, I didn't physically take my life, but. I was done. And I went around for quite a while. Not any different. I think that actually happened. I felt very empty. I just kind of went around and followed nothing bothered me anymore. I didn't have to have anything. If I got more work done, they didn't go well. But it's just this whoever was inside me was gone. Apparition was gone. And it, actually, it took several years just growing in grace until when I started writing about this life. And I wrote and posted a blog about encouraging people to quit trying so hard. There was a rest in God. I learned that through Him. And I shared this with somebody who's spiritual leader he said you can't tell Christian people to quit trying I said okay you don't really understand what you're talking about you know but over the years and then after a couple years of that I remembered this book and so I read it and thought these people know what I'm talking about (laughs) I think I called in at that time to start finding out more information and God has just led me into blogging about this life, encouraging people who have struggled and struggled and struggled to make it and can't, and to encourage them that there is a life of rest that we can find in this exchange life. And so that's, that's what I'm about. Whether I ever publicly speak, this is going to be good for me. Or no, I can I can write really well. I'm doing really good behind the keyboard. <laughs> so anyway, you need to let us know about your blogs. So we can take a look. That's how you do that. So. Hello, everyone. Uh, I just want to give. 
God and all who shared so far. So much praise to the Lord for what He's done, you know, in and through you all. Um, it's just, it's just amazing. Um, I've been saved since I was seven. My parents were Christians and um, never really rebelled. Never went through feelings of insecurity or rejection after doing the, the, the historical context. There's a couple that I could identify, but all all uh, covert rejection that even to this day I don't really feel rejected. So so I would I'm trying to identify where I fall in this category. And so I think where I fit in is is I become a really good culper. I'm a really really efficient culper. I, I have good self confidence and and I pulled all my confidence from biblical truth. I pulled it from who I am in Christ. Uh, I understood that I'm a co-heir with Christ. There's no longer I live with Christ who lives within me. Um, so I've um, identified that. I was sharing with Carrie earlier this morning, I think, that I understood that Christ died for me. Um, but I didn't, I didn't make the exchange connection. I just said, okay, Christ died for me. Now I can go ahead and live this life, you know, better, better. And I haven't come to the end of myself. I don't. I haven't fallen to that section. So as I compare myself to everyone there, there's us. I say I probably align in the salvation aspect. I surrendered at age 18 or 19. I surrendered, gave up my my passions of basketball or trying to find a soulmate. I gave those up, so I surrendered. Um, and I hadn't identified with his death and made it my own, but I had said, okay, Lord, my will, not my will be done, but thy will be done. You know, I want to be like Jesus when he was at the garden. I want to be whatever you call me to do, Lord, I'll do it, you know. Um, so, but I think I'm learning. Um, I'm at the, the learning process of, of what it means to identify with Christ uh, as life. Uh, like, I would like, Luke and I were talking earlier that Seth could be a good witness or a good discipler or a decent husband, but Christ could be a really, really, really good one. He's going to be far better than I could ever be. So, so as I go on, as I come from here, I'm going to keep learning and find out what that means and hopefully discover it at a, at a more fuller level. So, again, thank you. And thank you very much. Thank you all. Okay, Gary. Timing has been good because these folks are going to their ministry next week to Great Arkansas. Yep. And so we're just glad we got providentially allowed you guys to be here for this this week here. Sunday school growing up, and I was five and seven years younger than my siblings. So they didn't have Sunday school anymore for them, but my parents would still take me, and they would um, drop me off, go get groceries, pick me up, and we'd go home, and they'd be like, hey, we're not going to church. What, what's going on here? I wanted that family aspect, but never got it. And I ended up um, going to church with a friend down the road. She picked me up, and we'd go to this little country church, and I made it my own thing. And so I never really had anyone to share biblical truths with me and to disciple me. Um, and so being here and learning all this 
wonderful and foundational. Um, and Dean married to a wonderful man of God who's been helpful as well. Um, and God provided some wonderful Christian friends for me, um, and especially college and, and beyond. But um, just looking back at my life, I think I identified with what Seth was sharing that I have, you know, accepted the Lord. The Lord is my heart at a young age, and I surrendered to Him, but I think I'm still learning as well and growing in and what it means to identify with him. And I'm excited to go home and mull this all over with Seth and to have that partner to talk this over with. And I'm grateful for his parents coming here. They were here in March, and so they're why we are here. And they were saying that they wish that they could have been here when they were artists. And so um, we're really excited to have this material when we're so young um, and be able to, to build on it in the years to follow. And I'm so grateful for all of your stories as you've gone before. Um, and, and for your transparency as we have been learning and growing. And yeah, we're working with troubled youth here. Um, in the next month, we'll be starting at Teen Challenge in Arkansas. So we're excited to see how what they teach us, you know, lines up with what we've been taught here. And excited to maybe teach them something new or to maybe, you know, just learn how to love these boys and boys. I guess I started my journey with God not far from here, not until Tennessee when I was in college. I was not raised in a Christian home. We were, my mother was forbidden to take us to church. I believe my father had been molested in an altar boy earlier. But um, my roommate, unlike everybody else at college, she was a Knoxville girl, and she had a church. She went to a physical church, and she had every Sunday morning and went to church in college. And so that's when I first started going to church. The first time in my life was with a roommate in college, which is usually like I said, we all live everybody else goes to college. But um, and I actually fell in with a physical church. I fell in love with the church. Okay, really fell in love with it. Um, took the confirmation classes, which was the first time I ever learned about Christ. Loved the Book of Common Prayer, which I still love. I think it's one of the most anointed writings, you know, of, of God. And um, so I was in the Episcopal Church when I was 50 years old. And my girls, my daughters, um, I was married for 22 years. And we always took them to church. My husband and I went to church. Um, but we... It was for Sunday, okay, and um, we were pretty much living in the world. And it wasn't until a series of serious health crises between the ages of about 35 and 50, where I literally lost everything. I lost my health, I lost my marriage, I lost literally everything that I had. And I was, um, chemical poisonings, I had a number of things that, um, happened that I had to go home and back to Memphis and live with my mother because the little box I could move around in was about as big as this podium. I lived on oxygen. I couldn't get out of the car without passing out unless I had oxygen. I was affected with bubble people. I was diagnosed with MS and lupus and all the worst things you can ever do. And um, we had seizures and convulsions and finally I just, uh, I, oh, I didn't tell you that I had gone off in new age, okay, for a period of time also. So I was uh, just finally very broken on the floor, literally asked, uh, asked God, you know, 
what? You know, what is it? And I had had a, a CAT scan in my brain, and he caused me to have to start having seizures. And every time I was starting to fall asleep, it was as though someone put the kettles on me. You know, it was like I had a stroke, and I'd come up out of bed. And so I literally did not sleep for two weeks, because every time I'd fall in that alpha into the baby stage of falling asleep, it was like an explosion went on in my brain. And so I started asking my sweet stepdad of 35 years if he would sit in front of my bed and read the Bible at night as I was trying to fall asleep because I knew I was going to die. And I just thought it would feel better to have the Word of God being read to me as I was dying. And um, he was even raised at Bellevue. And um, so he sat in front of the bed and read, started reading the Bible out loud. And I fell asleep and slept for the first time that I had, you know, in weeks. And then we still not even understanding what had happened there, you know, that the enemy will flee, you know. Um, I didn't understand that's what was happening, but I knew that the Bible was allowed to be having the Bible read that allowed me to go to sleep. So I lined up different people, cousins, you know, everything. People would literally come in and read the Bible all night to me while I was sleeping so that I could. And at that point in time, I started praying, and the Lord, um, I got a phone call from a girl named Millie Eagle who was um, uh, like me, sick like me, okay? But she was, had got the course in naturopathy and was helping other people with natural things. She, she comes in, yes, who came into my office the other day? And I said, who is she? Named a person. And she said, she was eating a hot dog and had all fingernail polish. Well, those are things that, you know, would just sent me right, you know, down. And, and, um, I said, well, she said, she's well. And I said, how did she get well? And she said, well, she went to this little ministry in South Georgia and uh, came back well. And I said, well, I'm going down there. I said, do you want to come? And she said, no, I don't want to go and have Jesus stuffed down my throat. And so, uh, little ministry, and um, you ever heard of it? Um, um, I'll think of it in just a minute. Henry, Henry, Wright's, Henry Wright's Church. That's where I went. Henry Wright's Church. And, um, but that was the first time I had ever studied the Word of God. Okay, he had a school and he had taken over the, 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 the cafeteria, was the classroom. Okay, and uh, we would literally for eight hours a day open the Bible and we taught the Word of God and about, um, about generational curses, about um, things we bring on ourselves, also about. Um, illnesses and how they relate to Christianity that kind of thing. So it's not exactly forgiveness or anything like this, but that is what got me into the Word of God and I developed a hunger for it that I, I still couldn't work it. I spent eight hours a day studying the Bible, every public teaching, everyone, everybody I get my hands on it. That's all I did was study the Word. And I still can't get enough of it. I live sometimes I just sleep with my Bible. I love it so much. And um, but ultimately with me into you know, Pentecostal Church and into Baptist Adrian Rogers Church. But I at that time when I was fifty is when I finally surrendered, I'll call it. Okay. And so that's when I had my surrender experience. And then only unlike Sharina, who read Dr. Solomon's book thirty years ago, I finished reading his book the night before I came here. Because I decided to take these courses, I had already taken the Romans 8 through uh, Grace Life in Charlotte, and and I waited to do 
the DVDs for the conference because I wanted to be fresh on my mind. At my age, I can't remember things that well. And so I waited and took it, and then I finished reading his book. I could not sleep the night before I came here. I slept three hours. I was so excited. My spirit was just like, that's it. Okay? That's it. And I knew that that's what, that had been that missing piece. And so I slept a few hours, got up early, <coughs> almost five hours over here. And it is more than everything that the Lord showed me in my spirit that it would be. And I just can't thank you enough for saying yes to God for laying all this on your heart and being faithful to it because it is such a blessing. Thank you. Yes, thanks. Wow, I didn't get to hear the rest of the story to this now. Um, being in health in Georgia is the, we might call it a phase three freedom Christ ministry with the health emphasis. So that's where that fits in. Fascinating. So Joey, so glad you've been here. Well, it's been a profound uh, encounter with uh, the, the living God, I think, in, in an exciting way to be uh, hear the scripture taught from uh, people who've invested their life into the study and understanding of scripture, but then to begin to apply it. And uh, I have the great blessing to work with Rob, uh, someone whose life has been so dynamically impacted by this uh, tools and the resources, uh, obviously the Word of God. And so it's very encouraging in ministry and in life to not just hear it fresh for those who have engaged with the text, but then others who have been changed by that. So uh, to see the impact of this on someone whose life journey, uh, a few years older than myself, uh, whose journey has been through uh, some experiences that this really has changed. Um, it brings great hope uh, into the, the church of God. So. Amen. All right. Bob, you can come up as a couple if you prefer. But uh, Bob and I have some moral support. <laughs> no, I'll start, but I'm such a crier that I probably will have to stand very soon. Um, when I opened this notebook and I saw those history questions, I thought, I can't in a healthy manner answer any of these questions. I am, at nine years old, became an orphan. My parents killed each other. Uh, and I went to school one morning and said goodbye. Forever. And um, I moved in with my grandparents and my grandfather, who was my best dad, died shortly after. And my grandmother crawled into a bottle and never came out. And um, I went to church to Sunday school, probably to get out of her hair and everything else. Um, and I met Bob very young. And we became a pair at about 14 years old. And I cannot wait to become part of his family. They were believed to be the believers. They looked perfect. We all had that perfect We got married at, I was 19, he was 20. And we had about 22 certain children. He's been a successful accountant and supporting us very well. So we. We were hitting this with church. We had good foundational. Then we loved the Lord. That we didn't, we didn't do it. 
struggle, lots, lots of struggle. And at some point, I just thought, I don't want to do this anymore. Now that a really cool thing is us standing here together today, we are walking miracles. And I have a witness. I have opinions for God and I'm strength. 
and I know you'll see lots of my boys, um, two of my children here with us this week, my daughter's at home. And um, that was a really hard time for me because that's where I'd always based everything. And I wish to goodness <coughs> that I had that to come to. Because I, I didn't want to take, I was very depressed and I didn't want to take drugs and I didn't want to, I didn't want to mask that. I didn't want to put any date on it. Um, I wanted to be okay with whatever God wanted to give me. But my heart just didn't know how to get there. Um, so, I can't look over that question. <laughs> um, so, uh, anyway, I prayed, I remember I just started praying. Um, the, the verse Psalm 37 4, um, so I yourself the Lord, He will give you the desires of your heart. And I have been praying that verse um, by so many people. And I just, I couldn't pray that for myself for a long time because it made me feel like um, I was just praying for God to give me what I wanted. And then it dawned on me that I had to pray and say, God, make your desires. Put that same fat in my heart. It just, if, if the desire for me, if it's your desire for me not to have children, then you have to fix that desire. You have to change it because I know what my desire is. Um, so, in my story, we have now have three kids. And about 11 years ago, Scott went to this conference. Um, and Scott was a good husband. He was, he's always been um, a strong believer. I mean, he just had falter in high school, um, just like I did, but um, he came back different, they, I, and I couldn't put my finger on it, but he was just, he was very restful, and um, at that point, he started using the model that um, that they made in, in the counseling, but people would come in um, for counseling, and uh, it just it changed his life, which ultimately changed mine. And um, the lives of our children because he obviously, he, when he talks about spiritual things with them, um, he talks from this standpoint. And um, we have a long way to go. We're still learning. But um, this has been very helpful for me because, um, well, it was kind of like the question that I asked you at the break. Um, I was still struggling with some ideas and some concepts, but just knowing that I have a new path. That is a beautiful thing. Because I still look back at a time of the night for infertility, and there were so many things I did wrong. Um, I thought the Lord holy during that time. I was constantly in prayer, and I even I was telling um, Carrie that at work I had a I had a prayer stall in the bathroom. It was one of the bathroom stalls, <laughs> but I labeled that my prayer stall after my kids. After I had been in Anna Kate and they got a little older, I, we drove to Huntington. My mom thankfully worked at Turner. I was in the Meadows Creek, but I took them into the women's restroom and said, This stall right here is <laughs> Mom's prayer stall. And I got to tell them that story about how I would pray to God to get me through the day when I was told that they were never to exist. And um, so, anyways, um, that being said, it, it feels good to. Hear more about what God has been telling me for the past ten years. So encouraging.
now much rejection I have suffered. My eyes are open. And the Lord spoke to me. When are you going to get this? Rely on me. And this was a strange time in my life. So I stand before you now, humble, broken, as far as I can get broken. Those poems, the Holy Spirit is 
and they all worked at Atlanta First Baptist with Charles Stanley, and uh, they all been people who had quit, and they knew they changed life, and they taught this changed life, and these counselors instead of Atlanta First Baptist, so the Lord put me in this group, and they were all living the exchange life, and um, so I had an example of Christ as our life, and um, so I started understanding Christ as my life, and uh, have um, been in counseling since then, but the last couple of years I have not been in counseling, and I came to know um, you know, I had to die daily, but the um, problem was with uh, Romans 12, 1, you have to look your living sacrifice, kept jumping off the altar. So I had to, so I had to, have to die daily, and, um, but I understand the truth, I can teach the truth, and still have issues in my life that the Lord's dealing with, and hopefully He will set me free even more. So I'm excited about what God has in store for me. Um, just came, became a certified health coach, and um, I don't know how it works, but I'm using them all together, but God be the glory. Sounds good. Health, body, soul, and spirit. Testimonies to God be the glory. God encourage you.